You're listening to Closer Look. Here's Dan Beck. Today on Closer Look, we are talking with Lance Lanning, and he is president of Provision International. Let's talk a little bit about how Provision International got started. Where did it come from? Yeah, a gentleman, uh, the founder of Provision International was a state commercial building inspector, went on a, a short-term missions trip, and uh, a lady that was on the trip had an asthma attack, one of the team members. They took her to a hospital in Eastern Europe, and all they had for equipment was a coat rack and a wheelchair. He was 58 years old. He came back, and he thought, man, I can do something. I can collect used medical equipment. Being a state commercial building inspector, he had connections to hospitals and he began to collect used medical equipment and just began shipping it anywhere he could. Bucharest, Romania, Eastern Europe, parts of Africa, Central South America. And uh, that was the beginning of Provision International. We don't just ship used medical equipment. We still do that, but we, we feed people, we ship food. We have Montana farmers donate pulse crops, that's beans, peas, lentils, things like that, that we ship all over the world. Um, but that's just how provision began. A guy saw a need and, and answered it. And uh, we have 260 plus volunteers across the state of Montana that make it go. So he just saw a need and said, I can do something about this, picked up the ball and ran with it. You know, he was close to retirement with the state and he answered God's call and God provided and, you know, he kept a volunteer. He wasn't paid. It sounds like from the very beginning, this outreach has been an international effort. We've shipped containers to I don't know how many countries. We ship things like blankets, shoes. We have a, sh- a shoe ministry called Share Repair. It's used shoes that we collect and, and people all over Montana, the Northwest, and even other parts of the United States send us shoes, clothes, Montana farmers, crop, used medical equipment. If we can put it in a container, we shipped it. We shipped bobcats, tractors, vans, lots of different things. But the key to where we work, and people always ask, well, how do you decide to stay in El Salvador? Or how do you decide to work in Uganda or Tanzania or Slovakia? These places that we've worked for years. It's because people on the ground we're connected to. If you ship things to people that don't know how to receive them or don't have a vision for them or a use for them, it's just giving them more stuff. And more stuff doesn't help people experience God. Matter of fact, more stuff, even more money, quite often moves people further from God than closer to God. So it's got to be someone that understands how to utilize God's resources to minister to people and to share his love and his story with them. The guy in El Salvador, for example, when we ship him a container, 100,000 lives get touched. And we've just never seen an investment like this. Once these supplies get in country, they get on the ground, where do they go and how do they get distributed to the people who need help. We don't just ship stuff to ship stuff. The people on the ground tell us the needs. You know, we don't just pour, just dump stuff on people. We want it to be part of their ministry, part of their vision with what they do. Otherwise, it'll just sit down there and not help them with anything. So there's a lot of different things that we send out. We take medicine with missions teams. You can't ship medicine liquids. There's just some restrictions where Teams can take things in, even expired vitamins, which are really valuable. We can take them in. We can't ship expired vitamins. The stuff that we ship in containers, they get there, they receive them, or they get through customs. And like this last container that we just shipped to Central America had 9,000 pounds of uh, pinto beans donated from a place here in Montana. Uh, It had uh, 5,200 pounds of green peas donated from a farmer uh, here in Montana probably had 
four or five thousand pairs of shoes from our share repair ministry, a couple thousand blankets, uh, school supplies, desks. The people on the ground are the ones that distribute it. They're the ones that hand it out. We try to be the silent partner. And what I mean by that, Dan, is international ministry missions work works when we get behind them. And that's really how we move people closer to God. Provision International, we're the silent partner. We don't want to be lifted up. We're here to lift God up because everything comes from God. It's got to take a massive amount of funding to get these containers filled how are you funded? That part is a mystery from the standpoint it amazes me how God provides. We operate the same way whether we have a dollar, $10,000, $100,000, or a million dollars. It really doesn't matter. The fact that we're a volunteer and our overhead is minimal, we don't have this big budget that we have to meet. We're not top heavy, in other words. Sounds like you have a totally unique business model. Where do all these volunteers come from? How do they get connected with you? God really connects us to the volunteers. For example, you know, one of our guys that started as a volunteer now as a missionary was building high-end homes in the Bozeman area here in Montana, was on a missions trip with us, was talking to me one night, said, Lance, I want to build homes for people that don't have a home. And he came and started volunteering for us. Next thing you know, he's one of our missionaries overseeing our building division for Provision International, Master Builder. We just have kept growing because we're not exclusive. You know, it's not a, not a, only certain people can come do what we're doing. No, anyone can come and do what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're rolling up our sleeves, loving God and loving people. Is there a grocery list or a set of needs or maybe something that you would just always be on the lookout for to help these people and to share? Yeah, no, there is. You know, our, our shoe ministry is big because people don't have adequate footwear all over the world. And there's lots of other ministries in the United States that do shoes, but not a lot that do used shoes. So our we're collecting used shoes from people, people that, uh, I was on a missions trip and a little girl stepped on a piece of rebar. We were building a school in Santa Ana and it ran through her foot, a 10 year old girl. And no medical treatment, I, a lot of Neosporin and gauze. I was her doctor, which I'm not a doctor, but you know, amazing is she never cried. We pulled that piece of rebar out of there. And, and I kept looking at her feet, foot thinking, man, she needs shoes. These kids are running around barefoot. You've been in a third world country. There's lots of kids running around. They usually don't have shoes on because they don't have shoes because they're going to spend money on food. They're not going to go buy shoes. I came home. I was cleaning my garage. I looked around. I saw maybe eight pairs of shoes I had stored out there. You know, I had a pair of 13s. I wear 15s now. I was saving them for when my foot gets cut off in an auger. You know, I don't know why you save shoes or you buy a hundred dollar pair of shoes and they rub your foot wrong and they just sit there. And I thought, man, I got shoes. And my wife has shoes and my kids have shoes and we all have used shoes. And I called one of my board members that lives in Pennsylvania and I said, hey, what do you think of collecting new shoes? And he said, how about share a pair? And next thing you know, this ministry started. And the first few months, we had thousands of pairs of shoes that were donated. A church here in Montana, up in Glasgow, Montana, came and the, I wasn't there, but the story was they came in the middle of the winter and they left their shoes and walked home. You know, they went and got in their cars and they left their shoes so other people could have them and pretty moving. But so shoes is big. Blankets are big. We're always looking for food. Most of it comes from Montana farmers. One of the big things that we're always on the lookout for always is vitamins. People are malnutritioned. So vitamins are big. Uh, we do a lot of trading and different things, but vitamins are huge. Um, the other one that's big is powdered milk. If you ever come across a container of powdered milk, I'll have a semi there the next day to pick it up because powdered milk is really valuable in third world countries. It's I, I call it liquid gold. We have a guy in, in Georgia and in Arkansas that donates us clothes, brand new clothing that they ship to Montana from these different factories just because we've connected to them throughout our travels and whatnot. 
there's a lot of needs that people have out there. The worst part is when you see people throw stuff away that could be utilized to help someone. People need to just think about what they have and how it could help maybe their neighbor here. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not always overseas. It can be in your backyard. Someone might need coats. If people are listening right now and they're thinking, this is something I want to get involved in. I want to get my hands dirty. I want to go and do something and make a tangible difference in the world. How do they get in touch with Provision International? Yeah, we have a website, provisioninternational.org. Provisioninternational.org is our website. For Closer Look, I'm Dan Beck. This has been Air One Closer Look. Find us online at airone.com.